everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA playoff edition. Rob Parker here, Martin Weiss there. What's up, Mr. Weiss? How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm playing a road game today because my, they're renovating the apartment upstairs, so it sounds horrible in my apartment. So I'm I am currently in my community center because there was no way I was missing the opportunity to talk NBA with you, Rob Parker, on this fine Thursday morning. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought you. Uh, I didn't know you relished the moment to get some knowledge from this gray hair. A guy who's covered the league since 1987. A guy who used to fly commercial with the players. A guy who used to, uh, you know, touch the NBA ball when it had laces on it. You know what I mean? I got a little bit of experience over you. You know who you remind me of? You remind me of Liam Neeson. He's like 79 years old, and he's still doing action movies. I watched a Liam Neeson movie yesterday where he was running through, like, an ice truck, something on Netflix like that. I get it. You got the salt. You got more salt than pepper. I like it. But you're still, you're still, in, the, you're still in the game. You're still fighting the good fight. Well, it's amazing what happens when you take a cup of blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, all right. Um, here we are, one game in the NBA uh, Finals in the books. Uh, Phoenix Suns win game one. Um, just your observations. I, the only thing I'm going to say to start is I was shocked that Giannis played in game one. Uh, I just I thought his injury was way more serious. I did not believe he would be ready to play until maybe game three if he played at all. So I was surprised. What about you? Once they came and said there was no structural damage to the knee, and it was just, it seemed as if like, you know, a sprain. I did, I wasn't, in the moment, I was like, Giannis is about to play? Because this, I had kind of ruled him out of my head. But then once you saw him out there, it's like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Um, especially, and you, you, you saw him out there being pretty ginger to begin with, I think. The only shooting 11 shots in the game shows that Giannis wasn't necessarily full pedal to the metal Giannis that we've become to know over his last, you know, two MVP seasons. But um, I think I expected him back around game two. And I think Giannis is just kind of like built different in a way that I'm not even trying to be ironic. Like Giannis is tough. Giannis seems to be tough as nails to me in a way that is, I'd say, rare in NBA circles. Well, he should be. I mean, with the Greek god body that he has, he looks like he's, you know, built different and probably a little stronger willed uh, and and uh, determined in other people, you know, in the league or whatnot. It was like he works extremely hard to be in shape and to, you know, be ready to uh, battle out on the NBA court. And it still was surprising. I just, I just, I don't know. All the indications was when I saw that video was like, oh, you got to be real careful. I remember them telling us that Kevin Durant couldn't hurt himself anymore when he went back in for the Golden State Warriors, and we saw what happened there, which was a disaster. You see, that, and that's and that's that's in the forefront of everybody's mind. As soon as somebody gets hurt, and it's like, did they push? Well, you know what happened to Kevin Durant. But I mean, the thing about what happened to Kevin Durant was it was like shocking. It was it's not something that normally happens. Yeah, but you remember them saying, "Oh, he can't do any more damage to himself." You remember that? I mean, that that I think is what stood out. I, it wasn't even a second guess. I remember Chris and I both saying we didn't think Kevin Durant should play and that the team should, you know, stop Durant, even though he might want to play 
from himself, from hurting himself. So it wasn't a second guess, but in this case, he looked fine, Giannis, but he didn't have any, to me, any impact. Here's my other question to you. Has Giannis won regardless if they win the NBA championship or not? What I mean by that is a lot of people, you know, the young heads, all the all the uh, millennials. And all the that. young heads. The young bucks. The young bucks are all like, don't stay in Milwaukee. You know, go, go to Miami. Go here. Go form a team. You're never going to win in, in Milwaukee. That was the battle cry. And people who were trashing him for re-signing in Milwaukee on that Supermax, especially since he had one more year, he could have waited. He could have waited through this year and then made a decision. But instead, he just went and decided he liked Milwaukee and what they were doing and was happy with management and whatnot. And here he is, by hook or by crook or by injuries to the team, whatever, he's in the NBA Finals. Did Giannis win that he did get to – the finals in a, in a small market and with the box. I don't think he necessarily won. I mean, they had bumped up all the Eastern Conference finals a few times too with Giannis. You know, uh, I'd say that winning the title is going to be what needs, what means he actually won. Now, in terms of did he make the right decision in terms of re-signing in Milwaukee? To me, I just, the same way I don't disparage Kevin Durant for going to re-sign with Golden, or going to sign with Golden State, I'm not going to disparage Giannis for re-signing in Milwaukee. These are all individual player decisions that they're making. And like, you know, a guy like Giannis who had the, you know, the upbringing that he had, the childhood that he had, maybe he doesn't want to move anywhere. Maybe he wants to right. stay in one place for a while. Like maybe maybe he wants to set his roots somewhere and be calm. Like I wouldn't mind that. I've lived – I'm 31 years old. I've lived in six different places. I wouldn't mind living somewhere for a while. Well, right. I get know? that, but I'm just saying the pushback from NBA America was he's dumb. He'll never win there. Why would he stay in a small market – no other stars are coming to Milwaukee to play with him. That That's the narrative that was out there. And my point is, he did get to the NBA Finals. In fact, he got the next season after signing that deal. And that's why I say Giannis won, because he did get to the NBA Finals. It's not over. They lost game one. It doesn't mean that they're going to lose. I've seen many series where people win the first two games and don't win. But I think it's something he can build on. And then – Something, if they were to get be in the market for another player, they could sell to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Like, we got a team good enough. We got mm-hmm. to the finals. We need you. You're the missing piece, and we can win a title. I think that's what I mean when I say that Giannis won. I think, I mean, in terms of making, I think he made a good decision. Like, I think, like, you know, in terms of being, he's somewhere where he is, like, it's 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 got a very unique situation in Milwaukee, right? Because he is pretty much the unquestioned best player on the team, but has no problem with not taking the last shot. Is is super deferential. Like everybody knows, Chris Middleton is going to have the ball down the stretch, but everybody also knows that Giannis is the guy who's a two time MVP. In a city like Milwaukee, that you can get away, you can't get away with that in a city like New York. Or like you know, L.A. They're gonna. Why, why isn't LeBron shooting the ball? Like that we talk about it all the time. Like why is LeBron passing this? Just insert Giannis. No, no doubt, no doubt about it. It would definitely be a conversation in other places, and maybe uh, you know he gets a bit of a pass. Uh, let's switch over to the Phoenix Suns, and um, Chris Paul continues to play well. Had a big game in Game One of the NBA Finals after having that huge game. Uh, in game six of the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. 
And of course, of course, Devin Booker being the young buck and prisoner of the moment kid he is, said that um, Chris Paul was the greatest leader of all time, which I just throw my hands up because I, I get it. You're in the NBA Finals. The 36-year-old had a great game one. You're feeling like you got a championship in your back pocket and you want to praise, you know, the veteran guy. But the best leader of all time is this. Did you get a toothache from this too? I mean, at, not really. I understand that, you know, guys like you, again, with the more salt and pepper up top are going to be like, well, back in my day, the guys with the short shorts, what about Magic? What about Jerry West? You know, and I, you know, I can understand that and I can appreciate that. But, at, I mean, he's not – I would say this. Is he the greatest leader of all time? No. Does it make me upset that Devin Booker has the opinion that he is the greatest leader of all time? Also, No. I would think that in my lifetime, the greatest leader of teams uh, in the NBA has been LeBron. That's what I would have to I'd say the greatest, if you look just in the aggregate, that the guy who's led his team the farthest going forward and been the unquestioned guy on that team consistently. It's been so LeBron you in the past 20 years. No, I'm 31. I didn't. I didn't watch them play basketball. Devin Booker is what I think three years younger than me. He didn't watch Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas. Like if he did, he watched them on YouTube. He didn't watch them live. We don't remember. We don't remember when when Isaiah rolled his ankle in the forum and had a crazy third quarter. We saw that in the last day. You know dance. that Martin Luther King was a great man. How do you know that? You you weren't around. You don't. How do you know that? <laughs> we learned about it in history class. What are you What are you talking about? Don't give me that. Like, if I'm not alive and I didn't see it from my own two eyes, I, I can't say it. I can't say that magical Isaiah. That is the biggest BS tag I've ever heard from young people, that if they didn't see it for themselves, they don't know. Follow your history. You know what's good, what's bad. The, the, the uh, impact, impact that people have had in the past, I'm, just because it's not on videotape or it's not in color doesn't mean it wasn't great. That's all I'm saying. This old, this is where we are. Everything is great today. It's better than it ever was. It's just not the case. There are a lot of things that are great today that are better than, better than the old days. But there are also some standards that have been set that are better. And that's not a knock on Chris Paul at all. I just get so tired. Just like we had, oh, I know. When, Chris when, Paul goes somewhere here in Washington. When when Russell Westbrook, you know, was securing another triple double season, and Scott Brooks says he's the second best point guard in the history of the NBA. I mean, come on, Scott. He couldn't even with a straight face say he was the greatest because he couldn't overlook Magic Johnson. That's my point. Is that stop with the. You know, I, I got to prop somebody up and forget about history and forget about where people are and pecking orders. I believe in that. Howard Cosell is the greatest sportscaster in American history, and he's been dead 20 years, okay? I don't care about who's on the air today. I watch Howard Cosell. I know his history. I know what he stood for. Howard Cosell is the greatest sportscaster in the history of, of America, period, period. Well, Rob Parker, I'm happy to. <laughs> I'm sorry that uh, that Devin Booker offended your sensibilities, you old man. Am I right about Howard or no? Do you know about Howard Cosell? You don't think he was great either? No, that was that was my poor imitation of the Howard Cosell impression. I know who Howard Cosell is. I, I'm familiar with Howard Cosell. My mother 
as a, when I was a child, got me a book and it had CD account. Like, God, how, how 2000s is this sentence? She got me a book that has CDs attached to it, right? And it was the greatest calls of all time. The greatest, the greatest play calls of all time. So when I have where Cosell, I want to say it was, it was probably Frazier. I think Ali Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the one. So I'm, yeah, in one of those, it was one of those Monday Night Football he calls. Was, he was outstanding. As, as a kid, uh, I still remember, like, they used to have these intros in the Monday Night Football. And I still remember. Now, this is from the 70s. And Howard Cosell would come on and start the, the broadcast and, the San Diego Chargers, led by quarterback Dan Faust, have an awesome passing attack. Last time out against Seattle, look at the day he had. Over 300 yards. And Faust, of course, has the great receivers to throw to. Tight end Kellen Winslow, number 80, a favorite target. But it doesn't stop there. There was a, the elder statesman, Larry, I mean, uh, the Charlie Joyner, right there. So I remember those because that's how iconic he was. He just knew how to put words together, how to say them, how to phrase them. He on national TV, he used to rip on on coaches and managers and and players like um, like he wouldn't be able to work today. I'm sorry, I'm going on a Howard rant, but that's how great he was. All right, so I mean, wow. I'm sorry, Charlie Joyner, right there. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Howard Cosell was great. I appreciate okay, him a lot. He was, he was a great broadcaster. You made my day because you at least know who he is and understand how important he was in American sports. Okay. The NBA Finals are finally here, and FanDuel Sportsbook has a championship offer that you don't want to miss. Because during the Finals, new users get 30-1 to 1 odds on either the Bucks or the Suns to win their next game. That means you can win $150-150 on a $5 bet. I like the Suns on the money line in Game 2. But And with FanDuel Sportsbook, there are so many ways to win, especially during the NBA Finals. And the biggest thing is when you do win, getting your money is a layup. You get paid in as little as 24 hours. Just sign up with promo code LP3 to bet the NBA Finals with 30 to 1 odds. You heard me right. 30 to 1. That's promo code LP3 to unlock 30 to 1 odds on either team to win their next game. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So getting back to game two... Of the NBA Finals. Uh, I mean, what was your original pick uh, of the Suns and how many? I had Suns and six originally uh, from the series. Uh, Yeah, I do. I do feel that way. I think I actually actually had picked Milwaukee to cover game one, and I'm going to pick Milwaukee again to cover tonight because – I just I think that the Bucks are going to get two games. I just don't know where they are, but I don't think that like over the course of a six or seven game series that they're going to be able to guard those guards. They can't stay in front of Booker and they can't stay in front of Chris Paul and they definitely can't stay in front of Campaign when he's coming in and going up against the backups. I just I don't see a way that Phoenix doesn't get 80 points out of, you know, Paul Booker Ayton. In that combination, I think that's just a winning combination. So, Coach Bud is not going to make any kind of adjustments to slow down Chris Paul. I mean, uh, Drew Holiday is not going to improve or play better at some point. I'm actually, as we go to game two, I think that the Bucs actually have to win game two for this to even be a series. If they don't win, this could be over in four. 
maybe five. I'm going to, uh, and we'll get into the picks coming up, but I'm going to pick the Bucks in this game actually in an upset. Uh, I think if Giannis isn't swollen and, and, you know, unable to play because of playing in game one and his body responds well, I think you'll see a different Giannis. I don't think Chris Paul is going to have 31 points. I, I, I think that there's a chance that the Bucks could steal this game. There was a moment in that game where they could have cut it to seven, I remember, and Giannis turned the ball over and then the Suns hit back-to-back threes and it went back, back up to 13 and that was it. So I'm looking at it a little different, but uh, you think I'm a sugar on even thinking that? that, this, that this, no, I see. I don't think Budenholzer is going to make any adjustment. Like Budenholzer makes adjustments at like the the speed of the Titanic when it sees a glacier, right? Like it took it took his best player getting hurt for Bobby Portis to get in there, and then it took them getting completely drummed for them finally to take Brooke Lopez out of the game. And like like they were starting to do a little couple switches here and there. But even when they even when Milwaukee cut it to a seven point game. That was when Booker and Paul were on the bench. If you go back and look, when Chris Middleton came down, I think he hit three threes in a row or two threes and a two or, you know, scored like, you know, eight to ten points, you know, straight back, 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 back. And uh, but that's when Booker and Paul were on the bench. And the thing now I will say this, this does concern me about Phoenix tonight, not necessarily going forward, but tonight. Game one. Sun set a NBA Finals record, 24 free throws in a row made consecutively. The Bucs have only uh, allowed or, or what is it, forced or whatever. The Bucs have only, you know, 26 free throw attempts is the second most that they've given up since game uh, all playoffs. Game two versus Miami in the, in the first round sweep and then game one in the finals. So I don't expect to see Phoenix parading to the line as they were. Like, I think Devin Booker will probably get his. But if you're thinking about it, they okay, they were 24 for 24 before Jay Crowder missed one, right? And so Booker had 10 free throws. I could, like, that's, that's a lot of points on the floor. In a 13-point margin, that's incredible. That's a and, lot of points. And the NBA, and I'm not saying it's rigged or fixed, but – they they look at stuff and look at, you know what I mean, from game to game. And if they feel like somebody's got an advantage, you know what I mean, when they look at this discrepancy on the free throws, you know, and I'm sure that Milwaukee is compl- complained to the league office about it. You know what I mean? And and then you'll see a dramatic drop. I'm with you. I just, there's no way they're going to get that number and make all their free throws. Uh, so that's why, that's I mean, why I'm calling a, you- an upset. That's, I'm, it's an upset spe- when you look at the, uh, you know, it is an upside special. I agree with you because when you when you look at the box score from Game One, you had twenty five of twenty six free throws made for Phoenix. Okay, nine of sixteen free throws made for Milwaukee. Okay, seven of twelve were made and attempted by Giannis. Only two other players right. attempted two other free throws for the Milwaukee Bucks, which is just in, that's just that's just doesn't make basketball sense which is crazy the starters for milwaukee outscored the starters for phoenix in that game which you you know what i mean like that that just interesting tidbit i don't know if that matters but it just i don't think that the gap is as big and again Giannis with a game under his belt after missing a few games you know and he only took 11 shots for sure, he will take more because they're going to say, we need you to take 22 shots 
in order for us to have a, a chance to win. So if his if his body responds, right. Martin, I do believe that there's a good chance that Milwaukee will steal this one to make it a series. They go down 0-2 and they get run out of the gym. I, I think it's going to be hard for them. And if Giannis still has no impact, uh, you know, maybe they win one in Milwaukee, but this could be over in five. I really believe that. Yeah, I'm still I'm still going six just because I've seen Chris Middleton. We we we've seen him have 15 point games, and we'll see him have 15 point quarters, right? So it's just like I I, I can see the the stars aligning maybe in game three or even tonight that where, where Milwaukee can come and maybe even take a, a two a two game you know take two games in this series like we're coming back to Phoenix two up, but I still I still I've been on. Phoenix heavily, so that's where that's where I'm sticking. I like Phoenix a lot, and I think that any adjustment, like I know that they uh, they put Giannis at the five a little bit, which is crazy to see. Do you see Giannis and Aiden standing next to each other? They are literally the same size and height. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all how Giannis can move so fast and handle the ball so yeah, well and be right. that big. It's, 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 <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it's, it's not a slight to Aiton. He should look like Aiton, right? He should play like Aiton plays, <laughs> but instead he plays like Giannis plays, which is just right. right? And but when he does, I don't think that him, but I but I don't think that Giannis is going to be able to withstand, especially with that funny knee, going to be able to withstand kind of banging with Aiton and rolling with Aiton and screening for what they're going to need him to do if they want to play Giannis at the five. But see, this is where the series can turn. That's why this is the biggest game to me. If if Milwaukee's able to win. And Giannis holds up and plays well going into Milwaukee. It changes everything. It really, it will, it will have a swing. That's how big this game is because then they're going back. Then you have your reserves who play better at home, right? You have your star now feeling confident because he played well in game two and they got a W on the road, you know, and Drew Holiday has to play better. I'm assuming he's going to play somewhat better. Let me say that instead of half to somewhat better. And Middleton, you know, if he has one of those 15 nah, points, he I'm, could actually uh, help them win game three. And then before you know it, you're looking going, it's a must win for the Suns in game four. No, I'll say this. Drew Holiday has to play better. They traded five first-round picks for him, or they three first-round outrights and two swaps. They basically essentially traded what, they, uh, what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis the Milwaukee traded for Drew Holiday. And it was the idea that he's going to be the guy. And there's recordings of me out here three or four weeks ago, of, or three and four months like when the playoffs started, saying that Drew Holiday is going to be this guy who's going to be able to defend some of these lockdown guards or lock down some of these guards that Milwaukee was going to have to play and also be, a little, be able to facilitate and distribute and get some things going. And he's been an abject disappointment, except for a few – he's had a few bright spots. But like overarchingly, like he has not been the third wheel that we, that that Milwaukee has expected him to be. Like he was supposed to be coming and, and be like you know him and it was supposed to be Giannis's Batman and him and Chris Middleton are like tied for Robin, and it's just simply not the case. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Here's another thing we talked on the radio, Chris Broussard and I about the NBA. Will uh, will NBA America reject this finals? And I know there are people who want to see Chris Paul win. But, you know, everybody, some people don't like the super teams. They're happy that LeBron is out. 
some of the bigger markets and they, some people didn't like the Nets. Charles Barkley openly rooted against them on inside the NBA. Will this, will this be a winner for the NBA or a loser, a series against the Suns and the Bucks, both teams that haven't won championships in 50 years? Well, I think if uh, Chris Paul wins it, it'll be a win for the NBA. But also, I, I, you know what, though? If Giannis wins it, it's going to – people like you – I'm I, I'm sitting this one out. I'm not. I don't think Giannis is Giannis is not nearly his his. But his career stat line would be insane. Two time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals, probably Finals MVP. Right? Like, there's only a handful of guys. Like, I think Michael Jordan, right. Akeem oh, Olajuwon. And, and at his like, age, I mean, it would be an incredible right start to a career if, he, if they were able to win. Yeah, like, like you really, honestly, truly, if Giannis wins this Finals. It's not disingenuous to have the conversation. Is is he on track to be the best player of of this generation? Like it's not. That's not a crazy. You know, I put it like this: thirty years from now, when people are looking back and they're seeing the stats, they're gonna be like, "Why was why you know how did he have all these accolades and no titles?" Like that's what the that's what it's gonna be. He's gonna be Charles Barkley. How did you know? How is he MVP here? Defensive Player of the Year there? Charles Barkley was you know, a great just, player. Oh my God, was he? he was just a great player. Just never won. But Giannis is uh, has a chance. But you're right. All the other stuff that lines up for him, Martin. Uh, talks about his greatness and where he is. And and then he'll get some extra credit that he stayed in Milwaukee. Like people go like, oh, he didn't do, he bucked the trend of of what was going on and what LeBron started with the building of the super teams. He bucked the trend and he still won a championship in the LeBron era, you know, which will be a feather in his cap. And obviously if he wins more, he's got a long way to go. If he were to win two or three, and say he was three and zero in the championships and piled up all these numbers and hardware. Dude, at that point we're in the Giannis era. Right. No, no doubt, one hundred percent. I totally agree with you. All right, so now to, to be totally, it's the scary thing, honestly, which I don't feel like is probably the right thing to do, but it's a legitimate argument. If he wins this finals, like you can sit there and be like, look back in the last five years of the NBA and be like. Was Giannis the best player? Like I don't, I don't think he was by any stretch of the imagination. But when you go back and look, and you look at this, just at the end of the season, that the season accolades, there's going to be people who are going to have that argument. And it's going to be, you know, you have to be vociferous about arguing. No, I down. agree. I think it's a real. It would be a real conversation and a real argument. All right, let's let's do it for this game. All right, Rob. The Suns take on the Bucks tonight. Game two in Phoenix. Suns have a 1-0 lead. We had closeout Chris Paul in game one. Right now, the Suns are a five-point favorite. Who do you like? It's called the upset special. You see that? Upset special. Oh, the Milwaukee Bucks. These are antlers. The Milwaukee Bucks, not only will they outtake the five or five and a half, whatever they're given, they're going to win outright. So I really, you know what I'm saying? I'll do all that. Bucks bounce back. Giannis is okay. Drew Holiday plays big for them. Um, Chris Paul crashes back to earth. And the NBA fixes the free throws so it's not one-sided. I got a 10-point win by Milwaukee in Phoenix to change the series and change everybody's tune. 
Oh, well, I, I can't wait to see your bet slip after that one. So I, that you're calling Milwaukee outright. That'll be a nice little uh, underdog special. Now, I'm also going with the upset special, which gives me cause for pause and cause for concern because I do not like the fact that me and Rob Parker are sitting on the same side of this thing. But the idea that they're, Milwaukee's not winning this thing by 10. I think Milwaukee will challenge. I think it'll be a close game. Ultimately, Phoenix will win, but Milwaukee will cover the five. All right, here's my lemon pepper parlay. I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks. These are antlers, the upset special. I'm taking the Bucks plus the points. It doesn't matter because they're going to win outright. And I'm going to parlay that with Drew Holiday, who finally bounces back. They need him. They gave up the farm and the first two kids born and everything to trade for him in order for him to be that piece. He responds. He gets over 19 points. And uh, there's my uh, lemon pepper parlay. And remember, it's always better with the cheddar and with the antlers. So my lemon pepper parlay for today, Thursday, July 8th, for game two of this series. Again, I said I love the Suns. I've been loving the Suns. Anybody who knows my anybody who knows me knows I've been loving the Phoenix Suns for at least a month and a half. I I'm betting on the Bucks tonight. I think Bucks cover the five. Okay, but this is my lemon pepper parlay. Okay, I'm doing the same game parlay because FanDuel will let you do that. I'm taking Giannis over 26 and a half points. Okay, Chris Paul under 21 and a half points. And DeAndre Ayton to have 20 or more points. Okay? It's a lot going on. I understand it's a little complicated. Back for you know, back when you know, Rob, when you were doing your gambles, back when you're doing your slide rules and your abacuses and writing down with your pencils and erasers and so on and so forth. They got these newfangled Sam game parlays. But I think this one's gonna be a lucrative payout. All right, there you go. There you have it. Martin will be wrong again, but that's okay. He still, I, I love the way he tries. tries. Oh yeah, I love Ro- Rob Stradamus. That's who you are, huh, Rob Stradamus? You, you know, you're like the weatherman in Southern California. You predict sun every day. Congratulations! I'm sure you're telling the hey, future, that's right? That's all I know. All right, so we will uh, check you out again next Thursday, same bad time, same bad channel. Make sure you uh, subscribe, rate us, like us, leave a comment. Rob Parker, Martin Weiss, the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Rob. Adam West was a better Batman than Christian Bale. He was. He was funnier, too. <laughs>